0: Security was supposed to be easy. I hate this assignment. Freeze! Freeze! Miami Vice!
1: Fast cars, flashy clothes, big money, heavy players, and the hot Miami scene.
2: These were the main ingredients that made Miami Vice one of the most innovative shows of the 1980s journey with Tim and Mark as we take a peek into the drama series with an MTV feel on the Vice of Miami
0: podcast.
2: Welcome back, Vice fans, to the Vice of Miami podcast for show number 14. We hope you enjoyed the last episode of Vice of Miami covering the milk run. Sit back, relax, and grab a favorite beverage and enjoy this episode covering Season 1, Episode 13 of Miami Vice, Golden Triangle Part 1, also known as SCORE.
1: This episode is written by Joseph Gunn. The teleplay is by Joseph Gunn and Maurice Hurley. It's directed by George Stanford Brown, and the original air date was January 11th, 1985.
2: In the plot summary covering Golden Triangle Part 1, Crockett and Tubbs work undercover in a hotel security to nab some cops shaking down hookers and johns. While doing so, they uncover overseas criminals that are old enemies of Lieutenant Castile and have also kidnapped Castile's long-lost wife.
1: And that music brings us to the guest stars and co-stars of this particular episode. Tim, I want to mention that uh, we're recording this on November 10th. I'm sorry, November 9th. And over the weekend, it was noted that an actor by the name of Dean Stockwell passed away. Not really known as far as me by name, but definitely by face but Dean Stockwell was in a episode of Miami vice called Bushido in Bushido. He's Jack Gretzky, who is a CIA agent of the highest level who worked with Castillo in the Southeast Asian golden triangle. So I think that's kind of, uh, odd. We're covering the Golden triangle and this guy passed away. So anyways, Tim, take it away.
2: Yeah. All right. Thanks Mark. Yeah, that that's definitely very interesting. And, our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Dean Stein? Absolutely, they do. So, our first guest stars is John Schneider as Albert Zarbo. He's an American film, stage, television, and voice actor. John Schneider's film debut was in 1979, The Warriors.
0: Awesome movie.
2: Then appeared in movies Tattoo, Exposed, Crocodile Dundee, Sid and Nancy, No Mercy, among some other titles, his other TV appearances include Love, Sydney, The Equalizer, Knight Rider, Crime Story, Simon and Simon, Quantum Leap, and several other shows. Aside from stage and film acting, he has also done voice work in anime and video games for studios such as Animes, Bang Zoom Entertainment.
1: Next up, we have Robin Johnson as Candy James. Robin was born May 24, 1964, and she's an American actress. Johnson was born in Brooklyn, New York. She was noticed by the production company for the movie Times Square and offered an audition in which she received her first film role. She later appeared in Baby, It's You, Splits, After Hours, and her final credited role, D.O.A. On television, she appeared on the daytime soap The Guiding Light and in the short-lived series codename Foxfire. After 1998, Johnson appeared as a reporter on a California radio station from 96 to 2003 and she's not appeared in any film roles since 1988.
2: All right, Mark, we're going to now move on to some of our co-stars here. First up is Paul Austin as Detective Herb Ross. C Andrew Davis as Doper as the Doper. Gary Jellum as Detective Dan Garcia. Paul Ten as Boone Fratek. All right, now we're going to highlight some of the music playing in this episode. We have Great Balls of Fire by Dolly Parton, and that was when they were at the pool.
1: And some Jan Hammer music showing up is candy, and that's pretty much throughout the episode.
2: All right, now we're going to move on to some goofs, fun facts, and locations. The first goof is, Candy's age is given as 27 on a rap sheet, yet her date of birth is listed as 1959, which would make her, at the time of the episode, 25. In reality, Robin Johnson was 20 years old when the episode aired.
1: This next one is a location. We have Turnberry Isle Condos at 197.07 Turnberry Way, Aventura. That's when Crockett and Tubbs are in the hotel and Candy's at the pool with Crockett.
2: Our first fun fact, the font used for some of the opening and closing credits is notably different to the usual Miami Vice style.
1: The next fun fact, the scene where Castillo receives the package from Lao Li with the picture of Mei Ying served as the opening to the video for the Miami Vice theme, except the picture Castillo is looking at is of Jan Hammer, not Mei Ying.
2: Our second goof, during the back alley brawl between Castillo and assassin Boon Fratek, Castillo's more acrobatic moves are clearly performed by a stunt double.
1: I definitely picked up on that. That was kind of funny. All right, last up, we have a location here. Maximo Gomez Park on Southwest 8th Street in Miami. That's when Crockett and Tubbs walk through to meet Castillo at the cafe. Mm -hmm.
2: All right, now let's go over the trivia portion of this episode. Last episode we asked, outside of what business at the airport did Tubbs kill Pepe Moya? It's called Vivaro. We will have a photo on our Facebook post for this episode.
1: And that brings us to this week's trivia question. Back at OCB, after finding out Zarbo and Guy were killed, what did Switek say about Zarbo's death? You can post your answers on this episode's Facebook post, or you can email us at viceofmiamishow at gmail.com. We will air some of your answers. This is for fun. No prizes.
2: As this episode opens, we find Crockett and Tubbs are assigned to scare the hotel where a pair of dirty cops are suspected of extorting you know, high-priced hookers. And in doing their detail, they're tasked with, the first thing they got to do, go upstairs and they're tasked with breaking up a fight between a man who is definitely dusted on PCP heroin or something else and his girlfriend. Crockett manages to calm the irate man down, but when they try to handcuff him his girlfriend has to jump in and try to attack him, and then Eth just agitates this doper once again, yeah. forcing uh, Crockett and Tubbs to drag him downstairs and cuff him to the railing outside in the lobby, you know. And Tubbs says, you know what, I hate this assignment, and Crockett thought, you know, ho- I thought hotel security is supposed to be an easy deal.
1: Here. Oh, hotel security is not easy detail. One thing I thought that was kind of funny was – The the guy was wearing PJs, I think, wasn't he? He
2: Yeah, I think
1: bottoms. (laughs) Yeah, the PJ bottoms. And everyone else was already dressed up and whatever. I thought it was kind of goofy there.
2: Well, you know, when you're having a good time, you know,
1: certain
2: things uh, just fall by the wayside. Yeah,
1: when you're high on dope. Moving along, we have Crockett and Tubbs. They're meeting Castillo at the cafe inside of the park there. Uh, They were discussing how they're fed up with Pretty much the hotel security detail, not particularly enjoying the idea of investigating fellow officers. Castillo goes ahead and reminds them that the dirty cops are no brothers of theirs. He just doesn't want their badges. He wants to see them behind bars.
0: Three days as hotel security and nothing. Oh, that's not exactly right. We've been referee for about half a dozen domestics. Got the sand whipped out of us by a crazed doper. And now you want off this detail, right? Got it. But not for those reasons. We don't like headhunting cops. If we did, we'd sign up for internal affairs. These cops are extorting payoffs from hookers working the high-rent hotels. Extortion, blackmail, salt. These aren't cops. They're outlaws. They're not your brothers. They never were.
1: Crockett and Tubbs decide to go on a different angle in which Crockett disguises himself as a nerdy, geeky tourist visiting Miami for the first time. He's back at the hotel, sitting around the pool here, hoping to attract ladies of the night. He pretty much catches the eye of Candy James here, who figures him for an easy mark. After she offers Crockett her services, so to speak, for 50 bucks, she then asks to see his uh, room key. And then Crockett says, yeah, it's in my wallet here, and shows her his badge and kind of takes her in
2: and i can't remember where was he where was he posing from was he somewhere in kansas or something like that kansas
1: nebraska somewhere in the midwest somewhere
2: like that it was one of them flat states where a guy like this oh playing a naive thing
1: right you think yeah something like that you know no excitement out here in the midwest but then he's going to go down to miami have a little fun and i guess she's going to give him some fun i guess
2: there you go (laughs) so then we move on and we're back at OCB, where they find out that Candy's got a rap sheet full of prostitution charges. They've informed her that of the officers, the officers that they suspect to be involved, the guys that they're looking at, and which are by the names of Ross and Garcia. Pressing her, Candy agrees to help them with the investigation in exchange for having her file just totally wiped clean. You know, Castillo is in the room and he said, you know, he agreed to it.
1: Like it says there, I know the drill. So you must want something.
0: What? Someone's shaking down the girls' work in the hotel.
1: You took me down to tell me that?
0: We know they're cops.
1: Well, then why ain't they sitting here instead of me?
0: That's where we want, them.
1: I don't know who they are. I never paid. They sent me a warning through another girl.
0: Who's the other girl? She's split. You know what department they work for? Cops A cop.
2: So, Kraken and Tubbs go to work posing as her pimps, along with Gene and Trudy as hookers.
1: So we're now on the, uh, at the hotel on the street here. Crockett and Tubbs, they're approached by a man who wishes to rent a safety deposit box at the hotel. Crockett gives them a, a brief tour of the facility. Uh, the man and his associate, they continue to watch Crockett and Tubbs at the hotel. And soon they're learning that Crockett and Tubbs are in charge of hookers on the side. Yeah, uh, hotel security. Ross and Garcia, they tail Candy from the hotel. Pull her over, demanding 500 bucks a week in exchange uh, for her continued prostitution at the hotel. And to get their point across, they smack her around a bit. Obviously unaware that she's uh, wearing a wire and everything's being recorded by Crockett and Tubbs, who are nearby. They swing into action, come and uh, help her out. But by the time they catch up with her, Ross and Garcia's already gone. Candy's pretty much upset here. She's left to take the beating, so to speak. And now that Crockett and Tubbs have this recording... She tears off the wire and bluntly states that she's done with the investigation. She doesn't want to work
2: with them anymore. And no doubt, no doubt about it, she was P.O.'d at them. Oh, slightly,
1: that. just a little uh, bit, because
2: that wasn't part of the her the bargain for her to. No, it uh, wasn't. Get cut loose.
0: Something wrong, officer? I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't.
1: What it is is five hundred a week.
0: Hey, we sent you a message already.
2: Now, slow the mail is.
0: Yeah. I figured it must be something like that. Now wait a minute officer, this is going too far. So we thought we'd make this special delivery. They're gonna work her man.
1: Let's go. The other girl. Hold it.
0: Who are the guys that did that?
2: You like the other one.
1: You got an attitude. Well, wait a minute officer. What it is is 500 a week. And you tell those two pimps we want our taste tomorrow and
0: so it don't get lost in the mail. No. No, no, none police. not in a she can't pay if she can't work. Oh, God. That's it. That's enough.
2: So now we uh, move on and we are at the St. Vitus Dance where Crockett and Tubbs learned that the two dirty cops were already out on bail one hour after IAD handed them over to the district attorney. And then we see Crockett sitting there filing Elvis's nails. And then these two guys that have been watching them at the hotel, thinking that they're hotel security, somehow follow them to the St. Vitus dance, propose a raid on the safety deposit boxes that he took a tour of, but they didn't offer real any details and then they just, zoop, they're gone. They're
1: gone yeah. they. I think they uh, uh, noticed or made mention that, you know, you guys are hotel security, running pimps, on, or you run running girls on the side and... You got flashy cars, and you got this nice boat. What's your, what's your angle? So I guess he uh kind of figured he'd offer him a little bit more here.
0: here we got company, man. What are those meatheads, one? i like to talk to you guys. Should have done that at the hotel. No, not our kind of business. What a real alligator. I've been watching you. See this boat, a car. I ask myself,
1: how's it done? Mirrors.
0: I mean, how you have all this stuff and what you make is a rental cop. Are you writing a book? Yeah. Maybe. Well then kiss me and make it a love story. figured you might be interested in a little moonlighting. What kind of score? The vote. Let us hear the deal. So. Hmm. We'll
1: talk later. Alright, we're back at OCB. Castillo comes up with a name for the leader of those two guys. His name's Albert Zarbo. But I thought it was kind of odd he didn't have a name for the other guy, the tie.
2: Yeah, the the other guy was as, just. As,
1: yeah. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but knowing now what we're going to know in the future, how he didn't know this guy. I thought that would really stick out to him. But Exactly. Krak uh, and Tubbs, they become confused when they learn that his rap sheet pretty much has everything, every other felony under the sun except robbery. And now, why does this guy want to sniff around these safety deposit boxes? Uh, Castillo instructs Crockett and Tubbs to go along with the scheme for the time being.
0: All right, that about does it. Put John here. Albert Zarbo. I think he stumbled onto something. He's not right. Oh, he sure isn't. Hmm. Huh thought he was after the vault. Maybe he still is. Yeah, hey, that's doubtful. This cat's got every felony on here but burglary. Kind of late in life for a career move. It happens. Yeah, not often. A burglar may slide over into uh, armed robbery. Lazaro? the score's strictly not his style. Stay on it.
2: So now we're back at the hotel, and when Crockett walks in, what is he? Who does he see? Can't, no, None other than Candy hooking again. He or she was going to, she's getting a free pass, free ride, and she sticks it to him. He drags her to one side and then threatens to take her in, but he had to bite his tongue because in walks Zarbo, and then he takes an interest in her. You know, and Crockett, you know, they can't do nothing. They're undercover, but, but watch as Candy and Zarbo come to an arrangement and head upstairs, and obviously, she's going to service him. Later, Kenny finds Crockett and Tubbs in the security office and offers the Kenju helping him by handing over Zarbo's car keys. And they ask, uh, how did you get her car keys? I remember this. How did you get her car keys? Well, he sent me out to go get—she He she said, I was hungry, so he sent me out to get some Chinese.
1: Right, uh, right. That's kind of funny at that one.
2: <laughs> but Crockett is still angry at her brazen attitude, and all three go to check out the car— and this was my little side note again. Where is their warrants? We've seen this before. <laughs> and,
1: but they're working uh, hotel security. They don't need no warrant. They're just hotel little low, lowly hotel security guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, but they're really not. So they wouldn't they wouldn't need a warrant. But it is what it
1: is. This was the eighties. <laughs> you didn't do stuff like that.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more lenient, even though there were and search and seizure uh, Supreme Court cases on it. Uh, but anyway. They go to check it out, and then they, they find breaking and entering equipment and a bill to a sleazy motel room that Candy knew. They found it in a glove compartment.
1: Right. It, it, Tubbs brought this up. Why is he staying here at this big high-end you know high hotel, but yet they got a bill to a sleazy scumbag hotel?
2: So, Kraken and Tubbs tell Candy in certain terms that they want her. out of Miami, but as they leave the garage, Zarbo confronts them. And he has Detective Ross with him, who accuses them of being snitches. Given that he was busted after the incident with Candy, uh, Zarbo says he checked out Crockett and Tubbs as they did on him. You know, I want to know who I'm dealing with, who I'm working with, type mm-hmm. of stuff. Absolutely. Then Candy bails them out by lying and saying that she was the one that actually turned Ross in. When Ross slaps her, then Crockett and Tubbs just, they, they, they then it's, uh, WWF mm-hmm. Smackdown time and this really then convinces Arbo of their credibility you know he tells him of his plan to break into this hotel vault and then give him you know 60-40 split if they get him past the door but his associate this unnamed guy uh, needs the access to check out the security system first
0: that's them who's this this is Mr. Ross. He's an ex-cop, recently suspended. You checked me out. I checked you out. You're stoop pigeons. According to Mr. Ross, you were shaking down your operation, and you guys ratted. The snitches make me very uncomfortable. Me too. And I never saw this guy before. I sent word to you through that bimbo. After that, I took the fall. I dropped a dime on you, piece of garbage.
1: Yeah, it wasn't obvious. This guy kind of sidles away while the security guard is talking with Crockett and Tubbs and uh, Zarbo. But anyway, we're at the hotel vault here. Crockett and Tubbs, they give... uh, I'm sorry, we're not at the vault. We're at the OCB. Crockett and Tubbs give Castillo the rundown of pretty much how it's going to go, how Zarbo's going to go on with the heist. Castillo goes ahead and says, let him punch all the boxes. Pretty much let the chips fall where they may. They want to see what he really wants.
0: Turn it down. Well, Zarbo wants to make his move just before the guard leaves at midnight. One of us gets the guard to open up. They put the guard to sleep, and then they take it down. Leave us tied up with the guard. Which box does he want? He wants to punch them all. How far do we let them go, Lieutenant? All the way. We'll see what falls out of the boxes. People put some strange things in those boxes, huh? You can mark this one down, Lieutenant. It's in the jar. What's he gonna hit? Soon. He said he'd give us a couple days' notice.
1: Going back, he, this guy's got every other felony under the sun, but none for burglary. Something is odd here. Let him do what he's gonna do, and we'll see what he really wants. Back at the vault now, we see Zarbo, and we'll just call him Guy, breaking in with some sort of high-tech code machine, uh, way ahead of the plan, and they get their heist. They get their they get their goods. Uh, a bit later, we see uh, and Tubbs find that Zerbo made the move without them. They're there now, and they see that pretty much, like I said, all the high-value items, they've been left behind. So <laughs> Zerbo and Guy are now at the Scumbag Hotel, Sunny Days Motel, and they're going over their ill-gotten booty, or their ill and gotty. That's from MASH. They pretty much find nothing they wanted. They were supposed to get something, but they didn't find anything they really wanted. As they're doing this, somebody breaks down the door and shoots them. Now the scene's kind of going back and forth here between the city hotel and the moat, the hotel vault with OCB there. OCB is still going over the mess, and now Zito and Switek walk in and inform them that Zarbo and the guy are dead.
0: We found them, Lieutenant. Dead. Dead. What? Zarbo was. The other guy died while we were there. He um, kept talking about paper. Papers, like it was a joke or something. Just of, uh, all the trouble was just for some papers. Or something like that. What's the matter? No loot? Gone. Who got to these guys? What the hell came out of that box?
1: And... Before the guy dies, his associate, Darbo's associate, he mentions something about papers. And they're pretty much all wondering, what, what are the, who else are they going to be tied to? What's, what's going on? And they're thinking, Ross, only logical. Well, what does Ross got to do with this?
2: Because this, he was running a shakedown scam in a hotel to begin with. So why wouldn't he be any deeper into this? So now we end up at the Ross home, where we see him he's hurriedly packing his bags in a car when Crockett and Tubbs come upon him he had no idea that they were cops uh, and then he starts explaining he was going to work with Zarbo and went to look for him but found him already dead you know, i didn't kill him i didn't kill him and at the motel then he split not before grabbing some of the loot and really in the end Sonny believes him he didn't kill these guys he just
1: right he just uh exploited the situation i guess at the at yeah. the city hotel Hey, these guys are dead. They stole some stuff. Nobody's going to notice anything missing from here. These guys will get the blame. So why shouldn't I take some stuff?
2: Right. Right. And then we are back at OCB now, where we have Castillo, Zito, and Switek discussing the deaths. And then Switek mentions that the Thai guy. And then as soon as he said, "Hey, what did you what Castillo? What did you say? What did you?" You know, immediately his you know his tie he how staggers with his eyes and and nobody told me about nobody told about a tie well nobody. we just found out about it now
1: how'd you know he was uh, Thai? how did you know he was by, a, tie? by the tattoos it was a tie tattoo on him
2: right tie tattoo you know he's definitely perturbed something triggered castillo at this point he
0: said papers it must have been worth a whole whole lot you should have seen zarbo's tongue The way they did that tie, he was going to take a long time to die. What did you say? Nothing. You never told me that he was a tie. You never said anything that the other guy was a tie. How did you know he was a tie? A tattoo and tie down his arm.
2: Who knew it made a difference?
1: Right. No and, doubt about it. Right, and now going now that we have this 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 hook onto Castillo with this Thai guy, how come he didn't know about him when he ran when he figured out who Zerbo was? How come he didn't know about this guy? I mean, if he knew something with Thai people, I guess, how come this guy didn't ring a bell, or how come this didn't hook yeah, him I mean, right away?
2: I what I never got at it is how did they even. Get something on Zarbo? How did they put in? How did Castillo put a name to him exactly. when they didn't have that at first? Because Zarbo and his associates show up at the St. Vitus dance, and then they do. All right, we're gonna. We want to make this deal with you. Yeah. But then they leave. You know, no names or exchange at that point. How did he get that?
1: Exactly. All right. Now we're at the coroner's office with Crackett of Tubbs, and Castillo. They're going over the bodies with the coroner, and immediately recognizing the form of mutilation as both as a sign that they defied a portent man and a warning to others not to make the same mistake. Finally, Castillo says that he's seen this kind of mutilation before, during his time with the DEA out in Asia, when he's pursuing a major uh, heroin dealer named General Lao Li. Castillo now assumes that the papers Zarbo stole were delivery schedules for some kind, but what, he's not sure uh, Castillo tells them that Lee controls most of the opium coming out of the Golden Triangle. And he said that most of the smack comes in from Toronto and spreads out through there. And they're probably moving it through Miami. After Castillo leaves, Kraken Tubbs shut the door. And Kraken says to Tubbs that whatever's getting to Castillo about this case, it's definitely personal.
0: It does mean something. It says the killer was a Thai assassin. This is his signature says its victim defied a very, very important man. How do you know that? Because I've seen it before on an informant I had in Thailand I was working on General Lao Li. It's a warning to anyone who sees it not to make the same mistake. Lieutenant, what's going on? And who the hell is General Lao Li? He's a nationals Chinese ex-general living in Thailand. Controls most of the opium coming out of the Golden Triangle. The heroin. It comes in by way of Toronto. My guess is that they're moving their operations to Miami.
2: Didn't Tubbs say something like, he's weird?
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, when he shut the door, he's weird. And so, then something's personal.
2: All right. And then now we uh, get this long drawn out scene where there's a montage of Tubbs and Castillo scouting every Thai and Asian restaurant in the area looking for recent immigrants. At the last Thai restaurant they visit, they find and flush out the assassin, a man named Bumfra Tech, who takes off through a back door. Castillo starts chasing him down an alley and faces off with him. And then you have a stunned Sonny Enrico... Watches their lieutenant defeats Fratek in a brutal martial arts brawl, and let me just say that rem- that reminded me of any type of Chuck Norris movie. But there was a TV show that used to be on called The Masters, starring Lee Van Cleef, and you had all them flying think, back
1: kicks. Yeah, I think I like remember that. that. I think I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I it was, was, was
2: short-lived show, but it was pretty cool.
1: I was waiting for uh, those dubbed in. You know,
2: but
1: they didn't really have that the sound effects.
2: Right, and then now they're going to, you know, he's, Castillo not, knocks him to tomorrow, and then they were going to start questioning him, but before he could do that, the assassin, Fratek, commits suicide by swallowing his tongue. I I, I can't, I, I can't even envision how you
1: do that. Yeah, I don't know how the, you got the, because... You got the gag reflex, your body, I don't think would let you do it. Because
2: he wasn't stiff, his, he didn't stuff his hands in his mouth to do this. He maybe, maybe, w-
1: maybe it was all that MSG in the Chinese food. Uh, who knows? There you go. <laughs> all right, now we're uh, pretty much towards the end of the episode here at OCB. Castillo determines that the papers Zorbo stole are, in fact, immigration visas, and that Lao Li is moving his operation to Miami. It's not necessarily the heroin and opium he's moving, it's pretty much people. Uh, and then, confirming his fears, Castillo reads a, receives a package from Lao Li containing a picture of Mei Ying, who is Castillo's long-lost wife. And then we this episode comes to a close with that determined look on Castillo's
0: face. What do you got here? The stuff from Zarbo and the other guy. What's this about? That was delivered by a messenger this morning. She's pretty, Lieutenant. There's nothing here to explain the papers they took. They weren't papers. They were immigration visas. They're not bringing in heroin. They're bringing in people. Lowly's not coming. He's here. Okay, let's
1: go over the ratings for this episode. IMDB gives this episode an 8.2. Tim, I give this a strong thumbs up. Uh, Although the plot line is just essentially one plot. There's essentially, uh, as well, a few tangents on that plot line. Uh, the hookers getting roughed up by cops and Castillo wanting them gone, Candy wanting nothing uh, to do with crack and tubs, pretty much, then working closely with them, such as Noogie and Izzy do, uh later on. Personally, I think they should have probably kept her on as a, a hooker informant on the series. Um, you know, add like the female portion of or the female version of nookie and izzy yeah just another CI. Yep, yep. but then the deep dive into castillo's past and personal life was pretty good here i thought that was very huge and, and as you know at least in the previous episodes here castillo is always keeping his thoughts and his personal life cards very close to his chest he lets nobody in about nothing it's not this episode really wasn't action-packed per se but definitely uh i guess you could say information-packed tim yeah
2: is it there was a lot going on and I know when taking notes for both these episodes, I had to stop and pause just so I could catch up with what I needed to write as far as details. So, you know, it, it was definitely a lot of information. The best part, you know, was that, that nice, uh, martial arts battle between Castillo and Fra Tech. But, you know, I also give this a big thumbs up, you know, one undercover assignment leads to many paths which lead right to Lau and the Golden Triangle. And it was mostly by happenstance through the Zarbo character. You know, the major reveal was the other side of Castillo as a former DEA agent who was married. Throughout the episode, the OCB team noticed that Castillo was acting weird. From the moment, he found out that Thai people were involved in the Zarbo fiasco. And now we know why.
1: And now we've come to the part of the show where we hope to inspire or enlighten you. We have officially named this Snurge Chalkboard of Wisdom. In both the world of Miami Vice and our current world at large, we encounter many challenges we work to overcome. In the interest of creating a family-friendly atmosphere through the show and our social media, we would like to offer some parting thoughts. A simple quote, a phrase or words of encouragement or a funny quip to you, our listeners. Because without you, our friends, we'd be talking to ourselves. And we say friends because that's what we consider all of you who follow our show in social media. This show's words of wisdom come from comedian Steve Wright. And he says, If at first you don't succeed, then skydiving definitely isn't for you.
2: And with that, we'd like to bring this episode of the Vice of Miami podcast to a close. Mark and I appreciate each and every one of you listening, especially the following people who have liked, commented, or shared our post. We apologize in advance if we miss anyone. So we have new likes, shares, or comments on Facebook. Johnny P. Robert R. Clarissa W. Mark V. Aurora M. Beverly H., Dandy and Jojo J. Thanks for the comments.
1: And on Instagram, we have Miami Vice OCB, Matrix, Alex, Dominico4984, Kelly Racer, and the Vice Effect. Who are those guys? Tim and I hope you enjoy what we have to offer in our shows. Please spread the word about us and comment and rate us on your podcast platforms. We will see you next time for Vice of Miami show number 14, where we discuss season one, episode 14, Golden Triangle, part two. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Vice of Miami podcast, or email us at viceofmiamishow at gmail.com.
2: Please rate us and comment on the episodes and spread the word about the show. On YouTube, press the like button and hit the subscribe bell.